The opinions and views shared in this podcast are the opinions and views of the host and the host alone. They are not a reflection of his employer or any other organization that the host is a member of. The host does not speak for anyone, only himself. This, this is the I Am Pitch Podcast. Get ready for contact. What's going on, everybody? This is your boy Dex with the I Am Pitch Podcast, and we are back live. Well, not live, but we're definitely <laughs> we in the house, man. We in the house. It's good to be back on. Excited about this episode because, as you can see, got a little different scenery behind me. As you can tell, I am no longer in my bunker in an undisclosed location in Indiana. I've gotten out, and I've flown way out west back to my other home in Arizona, where I'm here visiting with some of my homies that I used to work with in the BP. And not just that, I came here to do go to my first country concert last night. And let me tell y'all something, man. The first thing I noticed going into that concert was uh, all the people for the last few years, all the white people I know that were like, we can never have unisex bathrooms because men deserve to go with men, women deserve to pee with women. Well, let me tell you something last night. When I went to go take a leak at this country concert, I was shocked when I went into the men's bathroom and I saw the line. I, was, I wasn't sure if it was the men's bathroom. There were so many women in line. But I looked at the sign like, no, that's definitely the men's restroom. And then I go inside and I'm like, yo, what's going on here? They're like, oh, the line's just too long. We're just going to go in here. So I'm like, oh, so you're just going to watch me take a leak. And I'm not holding it for anybody. So I go hop in the urinal and there's a couple white chicks around me to the right looking at me trying to catch a look at the goods. So I made sure I got extra close to the urinal because the last thing I wanted my black ass to get was an accidental sexual assault charge because I'm peeing in front of these white ladies that I don't know at this country concert. And I'm the only one of my kind around. Absolutely. It, I was amazed because I was like, man, people are so against, you know, the whole bathroom thing. But I guess at a country concert, it really don't matter, man. You got to go. You got to go. And man, let me just tell you what, dude, it was very awkward sitting there taking a leak in front of all these random white women. And so I'm just like, OK, I guess all that stuff we've been talking about the last few years, just kind of going out the window. We just doing what we want to do. It's OK when it's at a country concert. So who cares, man? But man, honestly, I mean, I had a great time. It was the uh, Jason Aldean concert, the Desperado tour, I guess it was called. And so, I mean, when I came here, I decided since I was going to this concert, I was like, I'm going all in. So I bought me some jeans. I bought me a, a nice shirt from Boot Barn. And I also bought me a nice black cowboy hat. And I want to go ahead and say RIP to my cowboy hat. That is probably somewhere in Phoenix right now with an uh, Arab Uber driver. And my hat is gone. I had that hat for like 48 hours, bro. And my drunk ass left it in the Uber as I got out. All because our homegirl, Lorena, called the pizza man and he met us at the house and I got distracted by the pizza man. And now I spent 90 bucks on this hat and had it for less than 48 hours and now it's gone. So that's the bad side of the night. But on the good side of the night, like I said, I had a good time at the concert, man. Really good time. And even better was the fact that I got a message on my I Am Pitch Instagram page from what people would call a fan. But I tell people, I don't have fans, man. I have friends. 
that's one of the reasons why I do the podcast is because I get to connect and meet so many different interesting people. And I got a homie that's been following the show, a friend for a while. I'm going to give him a shout out. He works for Phoenix PD. His name's Tony. I'm not going to say his last name. As you can see, if you're watching the video podcast, I'm wearing the Phoenix Police Foundation T-shirt. He uh, gave me some swag last night. My man knew I was coming to the concert, decided to hook up with me, dropped me some of these dope coins, got the task force coins, Arizona Wanted coins, man, air unit, and then some patches. As you can see, this is all the stuff that I absolutely love. That's a cop for 13 years, man. So it's pretty cool, man. And then also, he gave me his friend's book. So you know me and how I feel about books, being that I'm a published author. He gave me his homie's book, The Shadow of Death. This is by Fernando Arroyo. And so I'm definitely going to have to read this and reach out to him and get him on the podcast because you know how I feel about veterans that write books because it is such a giant task to take on. And so I'm definitely, definitely going to have to give this a shot to get him on the show. But, man, I just want to give my dude, Tony, a shout-out, bro. Thank you so much. Hey, personally, just for following the show, being, you know, a, a friend and a fan, dude, I, I cannot thank you enough for the support. And that goes for anybody that tunes in and listens to the show. As you all know, I tell there's people there's hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there. And every other day there's a new cop podcast popping up people are tuning into. So, Man, for those that tune, continue to tune into the I Am Pitch podcast, thank you all so much. And my dude, Tony, hey, thank you so much, man. This was already a good trip, but seeing you and meeting you last night and taking a picture with you, it really made it that much more special, my dude. I really, really appreciate it, man. So it's been it's been a phenomenal trip, really good trip. Despite me losing my $90 Cody James cowboy hat that I bought, I, but I, let's be real, though. When was when in Louisville? When am I really gonna wear another cowboy hat? I mean, I I really had no plans for this hat except for last night. So it was just kind of it is what it is, man. But other than that, you know, I can't really complain, man. It's been been fun. Just really enjoying myself. Good to be on a little break, not to be not to be a cop, man, and yeah, just really enjoying myself being back out west. And it's just so beautiful out here, but it's also hot as hell. And damn, I don't miss the heat. On the good note, I have not seen any rattlesnakes. Hopefully, I get out this trip without seeing a rattlesnake because that was one of the other deciding factors why I decided I was moving my black end back to the bluegrass state. Too many damn rattlesnakes out west, man. But other than that, also, I can tell you all this much. I don't know if you all remember when I was in Austin about, I guess, about over a year and a half ago doing my uh, book tour. I had my homeboys with me, Johanny and my boy, Stu. And guess what? They are back. Well, they're not back. They're back on the show, but I'm in their AO now, their AO operation. So without further ado, let me bring on the homies, Johanny and Stefan. Come on up, fellas. Come on up. I promise y'all, I do not have COVID this time. So I don't know if people realize, but I, I don't know if I said on my show after that, but when we were in Austin last time, I was sick. In my mind, I thought it was a cold. I got two COVID tests, both tested negative. So I was like, you know what? I'm definitely going to go to Austin and do this book thing. So go to Austin, you know, sneezing and coughing a little bit. I'm thinking, man, it's just a cold, man. No, it turns out, gave these gentlemen COVID. So you're both welcome for your, for your immunity. Thank you for that. You're, My wife thanks you for that, too. Oh, yes, she does. Yes, she does. Johanny, how was your uh, battle with COVID for me? Y'all gonna just hold it and pass it between you. Yeah, I had a six-month-old baby at the time, and uh, I had to take I had to take care of the baby by myself while having COVID. So that was fun. 
you can hold it like that. There you go. Pass it. All good. That's what it's there for. Yes, sir. So, like I said, my apologies, but you're very welcome for the uh, wonderful experience that I provided y'all. Thank y'all for coming. <laughs> we did get two free weeks off work, so that's <laughs> yeah, that was nice. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't say it was free. <laughs> it came at a cost, bro. But my apologies. But man, freaking feels good to be back, man. Have you on the podcast? Got the video rocking and rolling, man. What's been going on, fellas? Uh, you know, Arizona CBP life. Nothing new. Nothing new. COVID free for what? What's it like? Eighteen months now. I think it's about eighteen months. <laughs> but your immunity is impeccable now, so yeah. You thank know, me for that, man. <laughs> other reasons for that too. We could thank work for that too. <laughs> The jab? Oh no, just this current situation at work. Oh, Immunity is getting stronger by the day. Or <laughs> I'm dying slowly. I don't know. Physically and mentally, right? Mentally, yeah. Physically, I'm okay. <laughs> mentally is worse than physically, I'm sure. <laughs> oh man. So now since I got both of you here, we're gonna go ahead and get into the show. As you all know, like I said, work with me. The whole video thing's new, so takes me a little while to get the uh get everything set up and start popping so but we'll go ahead and do the screen share and get into the first story if i can find it now if you all have been following the podcast for any amount of time the last few weeks you all know that we have been following the story of travis king all right hold on one second come on pop up he's gonna do this now it's always the case Still use that giant white arm to press enter for me. Thanks, Xfinity. <laughs> there it is, kind of. Ooh, yes. Oh, really? No pop, no free ads. Yeah, Definitely not subscribing to the AP. Not doing that. I don't know it's possible. Oh, bro. There we go. So, as I like, now we're freezing. There it is. There it is. So, like I said, the last few weeks, we've been following the story of Travis King, who's a young black soldier from, uh, I don't remember where he's from, but he was stationed in Korea, got into some trouble, and got locked up in Korea. And the U.S. Army said, well, we're going to send you back to the States to face prosecution. And he's escorted to a plane, does not get on the plane, and then decides he goes on a tour, comes, goes to the DMZ, and crosses the DMZ into North Korea. And North Korea puts out a statement saying that, oh, yeah, this black soldier decided he, had, he did not want to go back to the United States because the United States was so racist. So in this guy's mind, they're trying to allege that this guy, a young black guy, was so desperate to get away from the United States that he decided to go where there is not one Negro in the country. I'm not buying the story that he was running away because he thought it was less racist in North Korea. Much like you at the Jason Aldean concert. Oh, very much so. Very much, my dude. <laughs> I was the only, and I'm not going to say the only Negro for miles, but there was about four or five of us in there, and we were all communicating telepathically. The one black dude I do, like I said, that home, that homeboy, he was on the clock working, selling beer, so he couldn't help me if I needed a man. But, <laughs> but you know, but watch out, holding that on the uh, table. Yeah, there you go. So, so the new story comes up that he has officially been released. As you can see, the American soldier who bolted into North Korea two months ago has returned to the U.S. And now let me tell you, all when it says return to the U.S., they're not saying that he came back to the U.S. willingly, but North Korea had no use for this dude. So this dude's a private in the military. And if anybody knows about getting intel from people, 
this guy right here, Johanny Sanchez, who was in the Marine Corps. Now, what'd you do in the Marine Corps, Sanchez? I was a rifleman. You were a rifleman, okay. Now, what rank did you come in as? Private. Private. What did you, as a private, know? I didn't know a damn thing. Couldn't tell my head from my ass back then. Someone still says the same. <laughs> but actually, no, you you were the... Weren't you the academic winner in the academy? Well, I always say that's more of a testament how dumb you guys were and how smart. <laughs> it, it, that's very much the truth. I'm not going. I'm not going to deny that, bro. I'm not going to deny that. But yeah, but so a lot of people are wondering why, how this dude got so lucky. And I was telling people, if you're a private in the army, you literally don't know jack squat. You you literally you are there to exist and do whatever you're told. So this guy going to North Korea, honestly, in my mind, my first thought was. They're going to kill this Negro. That was my first thought because he's an American soldier crossing the border. And then I also thought of on a smarter level, I was like, man, why would they kill this dude and possibly go to war with us over a private in the army? And I was like, they're probably not going to kill this dude because he literally, if they're going to go to kill somebody, it's going to be like a high level general or somebody, somebody that's actually got something to offer the Korean military, man. And this guy had nothing. I mean, he had only been in a couple months. So it was like literally, it's absolutely pointless of them trying to do anything to this dude because he had literally nothing to offer them, man. So I guess they talked to him and they sent him back home, dude. They, so have you been following the story at all, Johnny? Uh, I just know details about it, not nothing specific. Yeah. Stu, have you been following it all? No, I don't follow anything. Yeah. I don't blame you. I stay out of all the nonsense. I got enough problems. <laughs> <laughs> I got problems too, but I got to stay in tune for the podcast, though. But yeah, so it was just the whole thing's just been really interesting, man. But now this dude's going, he's back here in the States, and now he's facing UCMJ. You know what UCMJ is. Yes, sir. No. Have you been have you been charged on the UCMJ for anything? Yeah, I got an NJP once. Did you for yeah. what? The truth comes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Put him on the spot. Put him on the spot. Well, what's the correct way I could put this? Um, applying for jobs, just so you know. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should give that. The, the uh what's that the spark notes version yeah the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the, the cliff um, notes version i allowed something to happen that wasn't supposed to happen in australia and like every other njp it always involves alcohol we'll just leave it at that <laughs> hey bro hey, it happens man I, I, I tell people that's kind of what makes the military the memory so good is the alcohol infused incidents that we have yeah, you might ruin your future, but at the same time, you might create some really good memories. What's a good future without a messed up past, you know? <laughs> and, man, that is very poetic. Well, you know, That's very deep, man. I think, I think Nietzsche said it or something. I don't know who Nietzsche is, but I'm going to take a, I'm gonna take a drink to Nietzsche. Probably a Philly rapper or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just <laughs> <read> <laughs> yeah, well, since we're talking about Philly, we're going to bring up Philly. And this giant white guy right here is from the uh, Philly area. Where are you from? We're going to the greater Philadelphia area. The greater Philadelphia area. Specifics. I claim Philadelphia, though. So you're claiming Philadelphia. Close, close enough that I could walk there if I wanted to. That's so, all say. You're claiming Philly. So let me ask you, are you going to claim? Let me pull it up, people. One second. One second. I don't claim anything except for the sports teams. Oh, no, bro. You're going to you're gonna accept these people. These are your, your folks, bro. Meatball. Meatball is the name of one of the guys on my high school, high school football team. That's what we called him. Was Meatball really a chick? That's not that's not him. You sure that's not Meatball? I mean, meatball looks looks pretty bad from what I remember him. <laughs> hey, 
so since we're talking about Philly, as you all saw a couple weeks ago, like I said, this podcast is not a up-to-date, in-your-face news thing. I am a about a week or so after, so I can get all the facts and just kind of put things out there after all the facts come to light. But we all know that across the country, the last few, hell, I say years, people have been raiding and looting stores every freaking where, dude. Everywhere you go, these people are just breaking in. And the worst part is you got a lot of people that are with Black Lives Matter claiming that this is reparations. And then you have this idiot here. Probably the dumbest Negro on earth, as I would call her myself. That's me saying that. That's not these two. That's me. I'm not worried about my employment. I'm worried about their employment. <laughs> but she, they decide they have this, they go on this giant looting spree in Philly. And you, how dumb do you have to be to live stream yourself committing multiple felonies, man? Multiple felonies, dude. And I'm just sitting there and I'm like, hey, Stu, what's up with your people, man? Not surprised at all. Not surprised at all? No. Is it just because it's Philly? No. Just general public. <laughs> just general public. 2023, current current state of affairs in America. <laughs> you stream yourself getting committing crimes and then probably get let go, honestly, especially in Philadelphia right yeah. now. Well, the meatball, I think she has officially been released, man. But I'm going to play the uh, a little bit of the video for Charges people here. soon to be dropped. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm going to play a little bit of the uh, the video for people. This is good stuff. Uh, oh, yeah. If the uh, internet don't the internet pick up. It's like a wise man once said, bad things happen in Philadelphia. Yeah. Oh, bad a lot of bad things happen in Philadelphia. Bad hombres. Okay, man. Go Phillies. Listen, we're not going to have that on this podcast, sir. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let me... First live view for me too. This is gonna be interesting. What's going on back home, bro? This is the most ignorant crap I've ever seen. My internet or this video? Bro, and just live streaming, man. Everyone wants to be part of it, good or bad. It's happening. It's happening. <clears throat> difficulty, man, with the... Xfinity offered me the podcast feed, but I said no. So I can't hear you. I said Xfinity offered me that podcast feed internet, and I said nah. <laughs> Give me that base package. Free iPhones. Plus size. How dare they? Plus size. Philadelphia influencer. There we go. I got the video now. My bad. Influencers. Free iPhones. Up, I'm not gonna run me some good now. Oh. Yo, what's that sound? What's that sound? What's that sound? Oh, shoot. I think there's part of here where they show her getting arrested. And the, and the funny thing is, like, it's a game to them. Like, they know nothing's gonna happen. Oh then all God, of a sudden. 
Philly PD sweeps in. And I was I actually give Philly, Philly PD props because, bro, cops across the country have been letting this crap literally just go unchecked for years because everybody's afraid to do their freaking job, dude. And this is the chaos that we get because there's no consequences for bad decisions. Record this, mamas. All right, let me see. Where is she? Where is she? Where is she get arrested. Where is it at? Come on, let's fast forward, fast forward. This is why we out here because you cops don't know how to keep your hands to yourself. So y'all are they out here looting breaking the law, but it's the cops' fault. They do realize that if they weren't out there looting, possibly the police would not have been called. I mean, if they could just get a job like everybody else and go to work and pay for their crap like I do. You know, that would, that would make sense, man. But yeah, like you said, Stu, 2023 and all of this crap, like I said, man, it's, it's, it was a fun and it was a game to her until she actually got arrested. Now she's facing six felony charges, which, as you said, will probably be all amended down and nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to happen to these people at all, because for some odd reason, our justice system now lacks the teeth and the will to actually prosecute crime in this country. And I mean, it's driving me insane scene and i mean y'all are seeing this as as well where you all work down on the border with people not being prosecuted and just kind of welcomed into the united states man and i mean i know as a cop for 13 years how tired i get of seeing people just commit crimes me witnessing the crime misdemeanor felony doing my job locking these people up taking them to jail but then before i even get home these people are already back out on the street before my shift is over man it's freaking aggravating dude and it's just like what what can i do as a cop and i tell cops like look i we can't control the justice system there's nothing i can do about it all i can do is my job so unfortunately if i have to lock the same person up a hundred times i'm gonna just lock them up regardless of no matter what the system is doing i can't betray my oath just like you all you can't betray your oath but i mean at a certain point you know it just it starts to your morale starts to crash yeah you know and it, it's like it, what am i doing this for yeah, it literally, it, that's a, that's what I think sometimes is, why am I doing this? But at the same time, I understand why I do it. And I tell, I have to tell people, what's the Constitution to you, worth to you personally? And so for me, I think of the Constitution and the people that I swore to protect. And I'm like, just because the court system is not going to do its job does not mean that I can't do, cannot do my job. You know, so I, every day I put on the uniform and go out there, man. I always think about that. I don't think about what they're not going to do. I just think about what I'm going to do. You know, and like I said, the thing that gets me is how this lawlessness affects everybody, especially when you have all the looting that's going on. Then it turns into what happens like with this story here. This story popped up the other day. I'll pull it up on the screen for y'all. Target. And Target's just one of the many stores right now in the country experiencing this, but Target to close nine stores, including New York City location, citing theft and employee safety. So the story says Target is pulling up stakes in Harlem because of rampant theft and violence of nine stores to this uh, to di uh, the discount chain plans to shut. Yo, I'm far away from this thing is that shutter in crime riddled cities nationwide. The big box retailer, which opened in Eastern Harlem location to greet fanfare in 2010 as a rev revelation of the neighborhood announced it, it will close nine stores on October 21st, bro. And. We all know what happens. 
like so we're not economic experts nobody here is an economic expert but we know what happened when these stores suffer mass theft what happens i gotta close down it's a logical progression logical progression and who gets does the cost get passed on to the consumer everything gets passed on to us everything bro so people so they already have a preset budget make sure you speak so also they have a preset budget for theft they're already cal calculating in to the yearly budget so that's being exceeded yeah bro and exponentially it, for that to even happen yeah but, and then and not just that but you gotta think of all the stores that, that were in uh san francisco area i think whole foods has left san francisco walmart's left chicago and a bunch of other places and now so because the justice system is not punishing these people we have where the people that actually live in these areas that need food items and groceries that are these areas are pretty much food deserts. These stores come in to help save these people, give people access in the community, access to the things they need. And now because of a handful of knuckleheads in the justice system not doing its job, guess what? Where are these people going to get their groceries from? You tell me. Well, I'm sure something else will eventually open up and also get robbed. So on and so forth. And it's just a repeated cycle, bro. And it's just like it it never ends, man. And it is yes. what's uh Chicago's great idea to make it like a state run um supermarkets now? Yeah, that's very uh 1984-ish. A government run store, bro. Like yeah, I wonder how that's gonna work out. Yeah, but yeah, that's a that's when yeah, that's the downhill slide, bro. But I I would hope that Chicago would vote against that, but I don't think Chicago is smart enough to. <laughs> no, it's going to happen. I mean, it'll be a good test run. See how that oh, goes. God, no, it would not be good. It's a downward spiral, man. The downward spiral. You got to sell your soul for some broccoli, bro, to the government, dog. I'm I'm just not down for that on any level, man. Yeah. Honestly, I don't think having seen stuff in Philadelphia and here in Tucson, I, I don't know if something else will open. Some of these businesses that close are just boarded up buildings for 15 years. Like nothing else comes in because nobody's going to buy that business and they know nothing's going to succeed there. You know what is going to come in? Spirit Halloween. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Spirit Halloween and a, a chain restaurant we got in the hey. Kentucky area called El Nepal, bro. <laughs> I don't know about that, but listen, Halloween is for everybody. All, all financial classes of life. Anyone could afford Halloween costumes and candy corn and things. <laughs> are you a candy corn fan my dude i mean i did eat it growing up i probably haven't had it in years and i know people hate it now it's like a thing like candy corn haters we, we all grew up eating it don't act like you're too good for it now that's another thing we're gonna add to the list and along with the pumpkin spice everything with this dude <laughs> picks me up at the airport the other day this Jesus. dude a what, what do you have a dunkin donuts pumpkin spice latte. i had one i ordered one it's the first one i've had all year long i hey, get bro, i hey. got pumpkin spice iced coffee take that base no out cream your voice. no sugar take that base out your voice and act like you from philly Dan. and next thing you know all of a sudden <laughs> i'm just basic I, I i need to get pumpkin everything it is delicious though jesus man and we go to breakfast this morning on purpose i did it out of spite what did he have pumpkin spice pancakes it was delicious. They were delicious pancakes. I don't believe it. There's no such thing. So was my pumpkin spice latte, okay? Jesus, man. <laughs> You're 6'3", 250 pounds. You should not be drinking pumpkin spice anything. It's 2023. I'll drink what I want, sir. And I can guarantee, and I can almost promise you that this dude has a pair of Uggs that he wears around when, when nobody's around. Get out of here. I do have Ugg slippers. You do. See? I, <laughs> go figure. They were gifts. You want me to go grab them? They were gifts. <laughs> <laughs> next time your feet are cold i'm gonna put them on and i'm gonna be like man i bet you dex wish had a pair of these no there's not there's not a chance <laughs> not a chance 
Uh, Carrie, hey, don't knock it till you try it. I need you to come over real quick. I'm going to ask you. I know you're not white, but you look like it. I know you're Puerto Rican, but uh, I got some questions about this whole pumpkin spice thing. Listen, listen, we're bringing in the they're nice leather manly flippers, and they make my feet extra warm. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a uh, Carrie Stewart in the studio with me. This is this man's wife. Hi guys. What is up? Just listen, you guys. Well, I sit on the couch and recover from last night. <laughs> hey, y'all, yeah, there's a lot of recovering to do, boy. Y'all, you and Lolo were in it. In I've it. to them dancing right now. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> what's, it, what's up with pumpkin spice? It's delicious. I don't know why everyone hates on pumpkin spice. What? You guys would love it, too, if you just gave it a chance. They do secretly love it. They just won't tell us. No, yeah, that is not, is not true at all. Mm -hmm. Not true at all. I've never seen, I don't think I've ever seen a black girl drink a pumpkin spice anything. Hmm. Have you? I'll find one. <laughs> well, good luck here in Arizona. Yeah, I know. <laughs> especially last night, there was not going to be one. I did see one they black chick last They found you. Night. They found me. I saw one black chick last Well, excuse me. Two. There you go. See? Two. The only two there found you somehow. <laughs> <laughs> like the, and they just weren't drinking saying. and they weren't drinking pumpkin spice. I'm just saying, man. Mm -hmm. And she had the pumpkin spice pancakes this morning as well. This is an obsession. This is an unhealthy obsession, man. Yeah, but what drink were you drinking oh, last yeah, what night? What I have no, for no, breakfast? No, not for breakfast. What he was drinking last I night. I was drinking cherry bourbon lemonade. Mm. <laughs> That is perfectly fine. I want to get into what you ordered for breakfast <laughs> as an adult black man in law enforcement and the military. Everybody loves pancakes. What did you, what was your drink order? Oh, I had a peach mimosa. <laughs> hey, hey, hold up. Peach is acceptable year round, my dude. I think that goes along with pumpkins. No, I'm just saying. Pumpkins at a specific time of year in which pumpkins are populating everywhere. It's not the, it's not the peach. It's the fact that you are a 250-pound black man and ordered a mimosa for breakfast. Listen, when in Arizona, surrounded by white folk, I got to blend in. You don't know my struggle, my dude. <laughs> you don't know the struggle, man. Did you have a Truly last night? I did have a Truly because they're low-calorie and delicious. Low-calorie. <laughs> I can't afford all the sugar. Mm -hmm. So, yes, I had a Truly last night. It was mm -hmm. a wonderful Truly. Yeah, I, I, looked, I looked over at Steve and I was like, are you drinking a truly? And he's like, shut up, they're refreshing. <laughs> <laughs> and it was hot out, okay. And it was like, how how much was that damn thing, man? That truly is like twelve dollars. Like Fifteen dollars. It was like ridiculous, man. It's expensive to drink at concerts. Really expensive. But that's also the good thing of last night. My homeboy Tony, I ran into. Shout out to Tony again. He bought me a drink. So man, I said, it pays to know people, man. Mm -hmm. Definitely pays to know people. Since we got you here, Carrie, we're going to roll into the next story. Since we're talking about different ethnicities and ethnic stuff, have you all been following the story coming out of Zimbabwe? No. Because y'all don't watch the news. I don't watch the news. I know. I suck. The stories I follow coming out of Zimbabwe are the ones I live at work every day. <laughs> so the story came out the other day, and I thought it was absolutely hilarious. The initial title for this. Uh, the sector story, I was going to call it the most unluckiest black people on earth. So Zimbabwe just re decided to re-enter the Miss America contest again. Okay. after, Huh? Zimbabwe entered the Miss America contest? Yeah, yeah. They, they haven't been in it for years. And so they decided, hey, we're going to get back into this. So let me pull it up on the screen here, people. I'm, my eyesight, I'm struggling. 
Can you take? Can you see us do? I don't see anybody. Zimbabwe, bro. I should be up there. Einstein, Bowman, Marks, Clover. Ah. I don't know where it went to. Well, since it's not up, talk about it anyway. But so Zimbabwe decides that. All right, stop, stop, stop. Okay, here. Hold on a second. Stop it, damn it. All right. This would be happening right now. <laughs> this would be happening right now. All right. Then something else about to pop on. Boy, this did not go as planned, people. My my apologies. My apologies. So since that's over, so all right. So Zimbabwe decide to re-enter the Miss America pageant, and I would like for one of you to try to guess the genetic makeup percentage of people in Zimbabwe or the ethnic population. What would you say if you could just throw out a random guess of how many black? What percentage of the country is black in Zimbabwe? In Zimbabwe, mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm gonna go ninety-nine point nine nine. Ninety-nine point four percent, my man. Ninety-nine. Very close. Four? White people make up about one percent in Zimbabwe. Oh, let's see where this is going. <laughs> Guess who won the Miss the, Zimbabwe contest? The one white person. The one white person. That, <laughs> the one white person that there is man, in, in Zimbabwe, and so this has caused like a major backlash. That's pretty rough. Across the world, and I was like, "Damn, man!" The like, chances, but like, how unlucky do you have to be? Like, <laughs> you are the luck had nothing to do with it, brother. <laughs> it's just all genetics, bro. <laughs> Them European genes, bro. Like, what does she look problem. like? <laughs> I didn't. So she looks. She was nice looking European lady, but she's actually she's from Zimbabwe. She was born there, and so there's like, from what I saw, there's like total population in Zimbabwe of white people, thirty thousand. There's 16 million people in Zimbabwe. That surprised me also. 16 million, and there's only like 30,000 white people. And this has caused a stir, and people are upset. And my thing is, why are we upset? I don't really think it matters, as long as she's representing Zimbabwe. But I tell people that I think that's people's small mind when they think of people. When you think of, oh, you're from Africa. Well, you're not black. I'm like, well, that's very short-sighted for a lot of people. Because there's a lot of white people in Africa as well. So... I was once told this about something I thought to be true. Uh, I think it was a psyop. Didn't happen. <laughs> well, everything's a psyop nowadays, pretty much, bro. Every, I, I, I promise it is, man. It's just it, they're coming from my brain, dude. I swear. But I, like, I try not to get too emotionally involved in these things. But I just I see stories like this, and I see everybody getting upset because she's white, and I'm like, why does this really matter? It's a Miss America contest. She entered just as everybody else did, and she won fair and square. So I'm just kind of like, but if it was on the other hand, reverse, think of what would happen. Oh, I'm not allowed to say that out loud. You can't, but I can, bro. People, they would burn down this whole damn country. Yep. If it was a whole entire country of white people and then a black person in there one, oh my God, bro. It'd be, yeah. it'd be a nightmare, bro. But it's just, because I just really, and like I said, the thing is, this isn't even happening in America, but it's still, 
you know, spark, making waves across the entire world. And I'm like, don't we have other stuff to be concerned about in the world besides what color this chick from Zimbabwe is? Um, I mean, that was like last week when Joe Biden was focusing on getting rid of concert fees. Was that? Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, he like um, tweeted it. And one of my friends on Facebook reposted it and was like, yeah, this is what our president is worried about trying to get rid of our concert fees on our tickets. I'll be, I mean, I'll be honest. If I would have known that going last night to the to the Jason Aldean concert, he might have got my vote. Yeah. I'm lying. I'm lying. Dude, I, I am not serious. I swear I'm not serious. That is a joke. That is a joke. Trump 2024. I saw I was like, listen, that is hilarious. But I I agree with him on that. We should get rid of them. <laughs> we absolutely should. I don't know. I don't buy that many concert tickets. This is my first concert in God knows how long. It's pretty rough, but I don't feel like that's what the president should be focusing on right now. But. <laughs> well, we know he's going to focus on that because he's got to try to get the votes. I'm not sure he yeah. focuses on anything. <laughs> I don't think. You know, well, the question is if this dude is going to literally survive until the next election. bro. I mean, True. my True God, that. man. I mean, and then I tell people it's like the people that are running this country are extremely old, extremely old. Like the whole Diane Feinstein thing, which that's a later story. Come, we're not going to get into that, but that's a whole nother topic. But man, it just—I don't know what's going on in America. But I just find it funny. Like I said, we we're sitting here upset about Miss Miss Zimbabwe being white. But like I said that's our focus. But we got things going on here in our in America. We have, like, for example, we're gonna get into the NFL for a second. We have the Washington the, the Washington Commanders. So this is a story I've been following as well. I'm sure everybody's been following, but, but as you all know, uh, what year was that that they decided to change from the Redskins? This I think this is their second full season as the Commanders. So I think, but I think it was three years ago they were just the Washington Football Team for a year, bro. They, yeah, the Washington Football Team, man, they, like. For me, I lost all respect for them. Like, I was never a Redskins fan per se, but for me, I'm just like, bro, like to just leave that behind and just go, we're now the Washington football team and didn't have a name set up is wild. And the, the biggest thing for this whole story for me is nobody from the, the, the Indian tribe where the Redskins found their, their, uh, their logo and things, they were not the people calling and rioting and protesting asking for the Washington Redskins to change their name. Who was it? Some rich entitled white people somewhere <laughs> that decided we're going to fight on the behalf of these Indian people, even though they didn't ask us to do this. I'm offended for you. So, hey, I'm going to change this entire organization from top down. And now we have this garbage team with a garbage name. And I just find it so bizarre that, like the story says, Washington commanders accuse of defaming Native Americans in, na in name for and fight name and it's just it's freaking bizarre man so i'm gonna scroll this article here it says a native american group has sued the national football league the washington commanders for defamation claiming the historic organization has delegitimized the group and its efforts to restore the team's name back to the redskins but one expert expert told news weekly why it might not happen the lawsuit was filed in north dakota federal court on behalf of the native american guardians association against the commanders and key leadership claiming coordinated and willful effort by the franchise to defame NG, NAGA, both verbally and, and in writing by referring to the nonprofit organization as fake. <laughs> so they're not even acknowledging that they're a real organization. 
how insane, dude. But this is the best part right here. Let me scroll down. It says this is the best part of this whole article, like where they're just kind of like, oh, you're not, you don't really matter. It says a commander spokesman told Newsweek, we believe the complaint is without merit and we will address the matter in court. So they're pretty much they're just completely dismissing these dudes, bro. An, an actual Indian tribe and group wanting because they 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 were getting money for this. People don't realize that they were they they were getting money from the Redskins for years for having this name. Yeah, they own the uh, the rights to the logo because it's an actual image of a member from the tribe. It was that it was the actual chief, and now they're saying we be the complaint is without merit. So we don't want y'all. We don't need. We don't want any. We don't want to give y'all money. So it's just it's completely bizarre. Like they fight for. Like, we're gonna fight for you, but we're actually we're gonna take your damn money. We don't want to give you any more money. Bro, it's just it's this is peak 2020 or 2023, dude. This is the most bizarre thing I've seen where everybody's so offended by everything. And, well, we got to fight on the behalf of the Redskins. We got to fight on the behalf of the Indians. And I guess I've seen this so much during 2020 where shh, it's OK, black guy. Don't worry. I know you're not smart enough to defend yourself and stick up for yourself. I got you. I'm your white saver. I got you, bro. This is the most offensive thing I've seen. Yeah, and nobody's saying anything. None of the woke people I know with the green purple hair is saying anything. They're just kind of letting it slide, man. If you look down, like another one paragraph, skip down. It says, "It was the only team in the NFL to honor an actual Native American. They were proud to watch professional football players engage in a different kind of battle with the stoic face of Chief White Calf on their helmets." Damn, bro! <laughs> like you can't, you can't make this up, bro. Like this is real life, man. And this is my, like I said, this has been my qualm. As you all know, I, I don't really talk about the NFL on this show because I used to love the NFL. I used to love, I still love football, but things for me changed in 2015 after the Mike Brown incident. And everything just kind of went off the rails when the whole hands up, don't shoot thing started. And that's when I just kind of really pulled back from watching football. And then it just got worse later because I've been a 49er fan my entire freaking life. But when I talk about my entire life, I'm talking about, I remember watching Joe Montana play when I was little. I remember watching us win the Super Bowl in 95 against the Chargers. Like, I've been a diehard 49er fan forever. And so my crew here always gives me crap because I tell them, like, I don't really, <laughs> I don't really watch football like I used to. So my whole thing is now I watch football, but I don't really support the NFL. So I won't buy games. I'm not buying merchandise. I'm not buying tickets. But if there's a free streaming app, I'll watch a game. But other than that, I am not going to take my hard-earned money and give it to an organization that was pretty much against my entire profession, the profession that I love. And so for me, it's just been it's been kind of personal. Like I said, I love football. So I slowly started coming back to watching football. And as you can see, this gay dude here is a Philly fan. Wow. <laughs> Absolutely. Wow. Listen, listen, you win, you win one Super Bowl, bro. One Super Bowl, and it's all my God. Listen, but it was awesome. Listen, it's called passion. You should learn about it. <laughs> and Rocky Balboa is not real. I too am ready to be heard again. Of him. <laughs> <laughs> He's not real. There's no more American hero than Rocky Balboa, sir. I would I, I would argue uh, Chief White Calf from the Redskins. If you say anything against it, you're no racist. comment. <laughs> there you go. Smart man. Smart man. <laughs> so for me, I, I've been slowly getting back into watching the NFL. And I remember right when all this happened, I stopped watching the NFL for a couple of years, but then I started watching again when 
Colin Kaepernick became the quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. I freaking loved Colin Kaepernick for the longest. I was a big fan. I was all in it. This was when I just come back into kind of watching football. But then all of a sudden, I don't know what happened with this with this dude. He goes haywire, grows an afro. Next thing you know, he's becoming an activist. And I don't know if you all recall, but he starts talking about how evil the police are and they hate black people. And next thing you know, this dude's taking a knee for the flag, for the pledge. And I'm like, it's America. Okay, I understand. We have freedom of speech. And if he wants to take a knee or not take a knee or sit for the national anthem, I'm okay with that because that is your right as an American citizen. <laughs> My problem was with him was the hate he was giving towards the police. And there was no merit to anything that he was saying. But honestly, I tell people, I really think Colin Kaepernick was doing all this because he got benched and he wanted to stay in the limelight. He just, he didn't want to give up the limelight because he's, Defense has figured him out, and next thing you know, he was not as an effective player. But so the next thing you know, this dude, like I said, he's got an afro, he's got on pig socks, talking about calling police pigs. Next thing you know, this dude, he has a document, a, a documentary, a show come out on Netflix, and this fool, I'm gonna know this Negro decides to try and compare the NFL to slavery. Y'all have heard me talk about this on the show before, but I was like, this man literally equates. Being in the NFL to slavery. So I'm going to pull up the video on YouTube. I'm sure you all probably have seen it before, man. But this is absolutely bizarre to me considering how much money Colin Kaepernick made. So is a power dynamic. Before they put you on the field, teams poke, pry, and examine you. Searching for any defect that might affect your performance. No boundary respected. No dignity left intact. I'm sure you see this, right? This is the NFL Combine, according to him. And if you all are watching, so they have black dudes up on pedestals, dressed as slaves, showing really comparing the NFL Combine to slavery. This is absolutely ludicrous, man. Because I can almost tell you, I know for a, for a for a fact, nobody back in slavery days was getting paid millions of dollars to pick cotton. Generational wealth. Nobody. <laughs> oh, there was generational wealth, but it wasn't being stimulated. It wasn't being made from us, man. So this is, I remember this came out a couple a couple years ago. And so for me, I was watching this. But for some odd reason, in my mind, I'm like, so he thinks the NFL is racist. He's a half black, half white. He's a millionaire. The NFL is the worst thing in the world. But for some odd reason, this fool has decided. Keeps begging to get back into the NFL. Somebody explain to me how is it that the NFL is racist? The NFL is about it's about as low as slavery. So why does he want back into the NFL if it is so damn racist and so equivalent to slavery? Makes no sense because what happened when Aaron Rodgers went down during that his first game with the Jets after what thirty seconds? 
This fool decides, guess what? I'm going to write a letter to the Jets because I want to get on the practice squad. So this dummy drafts a letter to the freaking New York Jets, and he's begging to be back let onto the practice squad for the Jets, man. Doggo. Oh, that is definitely for me. PTSD dog. Wow. <laughs> so here we have it right here, ladies and gentlemen. This is the article. Jets QB situation. Colin Kaepernick sends letter to Jets requesting to be signed to New York Jets practice squad. What is y'all input on this as NFL fans? I know you, this guy, poor guy here is a, when we say it, Giants fan. It's been over a decade. <laughs> don't, you, don't y'all miss Eli? I wish you would have drafted better. That's for sure. <laughs> what you, hey, well, Colin Kaepernick's on the block. At this point, I'd even give him a shot. Damn. That's horrible. This man's never allowed to say anything about my team again after he just said that. <laughs> oh, but man, I mean, but I'm just like trying to wrap my mind around this. That's why I tell people, but Colin Kaepernick is not interested in playing football. But Colin Kaepernick is interested in creating chaos and staying in the limelight. So now, 100%. He's so far removed from the NFL. He has no business being on any team or anything. He hasn't played competitive football in five-plus years. I think it's eight years. You have to write a letter to ask someone for a tryout, and he's like 30-plus years old. Like, You just just can't play football anymore, and he has to know it. So it's for sure for attention at this point. I did see a a story the other day that The Rock, I guess they're joining, conjoining, they're merging the XFL and the USFL into one league, and they said that, they would give him a shot, but I guarantee you, guess what? He's not going to take it. Cause I don't know if y'all remember a couple years ago, the, the NFL was like, Hey, we're going to give you a shot to play on another team, my dude. And I don't know if I recall what happened. Yeah, he didn't want to be a backup, right? Yeah. He didn't want to be a backup, but he came, they set up a trial for him for the NFL and oh, he no yeah. showed, yeah. no showed and went and put on his own tryout at a local high school at a football field. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, man, this dude's an absolute clown, dude. And just people like him drive me crazy. They're the main ones driving all this division in our country. Colin Kaepernick is probably the same guy that's in line with the white people that are saying, oh, no, we, we got to change the name Redskins for you. Hey, if, if this is all it takes to get considered, I'm 33, 63, 240, New York Jets. If you need me to come try out for you, pay me league minimum. I got you. Y'all better check his ankle first. Though. Zach Wilson. No, I never heard my ankle in my life. <laughs> this guy couldn't pass a physical. Forget about that. <laughs> definitely check out that ankle. I'm just saying that, that <laughs> we ain't going to pay you a million. That's definitely going to be chopped in half, bro. But uh, Zach Wilson, RIP, because that brother is struggling right now, man. But hey, my ankle's never been stronger in my life. <laughs> that might be true, man. But at the same time, I was like, your legs look a little smaller than when I saw you, man, since it's been so long. Wow, the disrespect. <laughs> first thing this man sees me, first time in two years, he says, man, you look like you got small. I hurt. I hurt. I've, big guys have feelings, too. His his ego is as fragile as his ankle. I saw my <laughs> shot, and I had to take it. I told you, I'm better. I'm, I'm in better condition physically than I am mentally. So, <laughs> Hey, working for the feds will do that to you, though. <laughs> It'll do it to you, man. <laughs> they, but as bad as a shape as your ankle is in, I can give you this much. Regardless of how bad your shape is, I know that you all, both of you, are in better shape than Diane Feinstein, the senator out of California that just recently passed. That was a wonderful transition. Oh, that is what I do, sir. That is why I'm a podcast, <laughs> podcast guru. 
That's why you got fans, and I don't got. That's no why fans. I got fans. Hey, shout out to Tony. That's why I got fans, bro. Now, hey, I ain't got fans. I got family. I got friends. That's family. Then <laughs> Diesel family. Diane Pitts family. So let me go ahead and pull up the article, man. As you all know, Diane Feinstein. I think she was ninety years old and serving in Congress. So she the the day before she died. I don't think people realize this. Diane Feinstein has been in hospice for the last few months. They knew this heifer was going to die. She's in hospice. So someone tell me, how is it that she was allowed to be taken out of hospice, rolled down to the Capitol to go vote and then die the next day? But how treacherous and low down do you have to be? I would say her mental state was probably better than our president. They're, I get it's equivalent, bro. They're literally the they're the equivalent, man. They're the same. They, like this chick, they rolled her out of hospice to go vote. Like, where they do that at, man? I mean, I'm I'm pretty certain that that for sure was what she was worried about. Like, I got to get this last vote in before I die tomorrow. I don't want to see my family and stuff. Like, bro, she and, made that decision on her own free will. I'm sure. And ninety years old, man. Ninety years old. The article says Diane Feinstein final vote movement moment trailblazing Democrat 90 has helped onto the Senate floor to raise her hand and say, I just hours before her death in her DC home. I, I, I love my country. I really do. But, but I don't know where America has gone with our lack of common sense and the fact that we continue to allow really, really, really old people who can't even make decisions for themselves or take care of themselves to vote for what's in our best interest. All I'm going to say is that we get forced retired at 57 years old. Exactly. And we have you know, yearly, yearly freaking, I have to do a yearly medical exam to make sure I can still do my job. But for some odd reason, when you're a senator or you work in Congress, you are exempt from everything else that the average American person is held to a standard. And to me, it just drives me crazy that these people that are making decisions around the country are not held to any sort of standard. But the working class, the people actually working and paying taxes, we're held to a higher standard than anybody else, bro. And it, it, it pisses me off more and more and more. And I keep asking people, can America be saved? And I tell myself, I don't think we deserve to be saved as a country right now. I'm also to the point to where I'm like, you know what? Let this bad boy burn down and let's start over. But at the same time, the more we continue to let them do this, they're establishing a power dynamic. I mean, you got to think, imagine you being 90 years old, bro. What makes somebody 90 years old continue to serve and run for Congress? The power. Hey, I got a point for you. So I used to work in healthcare. She's been in hospice care. She died that next day. She went in and made that vote on all types of opiates, all drugged up, not of a sound state of mind. We can't go to work and do anything on anything like that. We can't make solid decisions. You can't, you can, you can't make a, a, a choice on your own free will when you're under the influence of drugs. And she was in hospice living, she was on all the drugs and she went into Congress and voted. Bro, yeah, but that's I say, man, it, it's, 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 it's frustrating and it's absolutely aggravating, bro. But just, I don't know what's going on with this country, but well, I do know what's going on with this country. I'll tell you my personal opinion, not associated with them. I really think we have bad actors in government. I don't, I'm not into the whole, if you listen, I'm not into the whole conspiracy theory of, you know, it's, you know, all this stuff is going on. I, I think that we have a combination of ignorance and some people hate America and just incompetence in 
I mean, it just makes no sense to me that we're facing a government shutdown, but we, we are still funding the Ukraine economy, although that's kind of at a standstill now where it's the whole thing man, is just it's just wild and bizarre, bro. I just it just it drives me nuts, man. And, and I look at my arm with these scars on it. I'm like, when I was fighting for America, regardless of how people felt about the war in Iraq, I was proud. I was really proud to you know be an American, proud to, proud of all I've done. But when I look at the people operating the government, I think to myself, how in the hell did this person get elected? Like, who is currently who was still voting for Diane Feinstein, knowing that she's damn near ninety years old and about to croak, bro? Like, literally, who was voting for Joe Biden? You know, we all have questions of was the election legitimate. I tell people, I don't know. I, I have a hard time believing it was because I don't run into people every day that are like, man, man, I think Joe Biden's a great president. I don't know anybody. I've, I, I know a couple of people. I, my uncle, love my uncle. A little crazy. He was a, he was a Marine. I don't know about that Marine. But, you know, he was a Marine, but, but he he loved Joe Biden. But he's at least honest and open about it. But I don't see anybody else running around how much they love Joe Biden. New York. So maybe for New York. A lot of people that I know, I think everybody that I know from over there voted for Joe Biden. Granted, now none of them are saying, oh, he's a great president, but day one, they were like, yeah, Joe Biden's my boy. Well, I can tell you this, though, but New York is getting extremely upset with everything that's going on with the immigration coming to New York, the illegal immigrants coming to New York, bro. They want to be a sanctuary city, be a sanctuary city. Well, they are, but guess what? I mean, there was a story I talked about last week, I don't know if you know, but New York, New York City is cutting overtime, 15%. They're cutting from their budget, from the police department and all first responders and all city city organizations because they have to do that to fund the, the stem, the flow of illegal immigrants being brought to New York City. And so was it, it was the mayor who a couple of weeks ago said, like, <clears throat> we're not going to have any money left for public services. The same New York, the New York as you know, it's never coming back again. I mean, granted, a year ago, the same guy was like, yeah, send them all up. We got it. Funny how that changes. He said he was going to do that, and look, now it happened. Funny how that changes. In their defense, they don't really understand. They don't really understand what it's like down at the southern border because they're so far removed from it. Now that it's in their faces, and they realized exactly what it is and what it looks like, they're coming around. So you know, it, it's ignorance at first. Now they're understanding, and they want to change things. So I'll give them that at least. And you know, the one positive thing about how it's going right now is it's being forced into the public's faces to see what it really is. Which yeah. was, it is what we've known it has been this entire time, but now the media can't ignore it as much. And and it's starting to affect people's bottom their dollars, man. I was like, if you want to affect change, you start affecting people's money, dude. That's when you really start getting people to wake up. Like the economy, bro. I didn't realize when I come to how much gas is down here. Oh, God damn, boy. Jeez, man. Yes, it's terrible. I didn't think it. Was, I was like, I think back home, but it was like three sixty, three fifty, four. 425, 435, 440. Yeah, that's crazy, bro. And I was just like, man, I love Arizona, but how much was it in Phoenix? It was like almost five dollars in Phoenix. No, it was cheaper there. Was it cheaper? I, I think it was like 489. I, I don't know. It's more expensive in Phoenix. But, but, I don't ever fill up up there. We filled up before we left. So. I know it was exp- I know it was 49 because when I was riding with Thomas, he was cursing out the gas prices. <laughs> it was like 49. Fuck that. That's because he drives that that charger. He thinks he's Thinks he's Vin Diesel over there. I was gonna say he think he's black because every black person I know in Kentucky got a damn charger. <laughs> I don't. I'm I'm the black the type that drives a Yukon. But that was the funny part though. Was a uh, dream car is a Challenger, so I guess I'm kind of in there too. That is Challenger's yeah. better than Charger. 
That's very Dominican, sir. <laughs> very Dominican. <laughs> Get the flag on the hood. <laughs> Driving don't down. The, his... Don't forget the one from hanging from the rear view. <laughs> bong bong, son. <laughs> Bing bong. Bing bong. When you see these poodles in the yard, yeah. just know them upstairs going hard. <laughs> Bing bong. <laughs> but hey, Joe Byron. <laughs> but since we're also talking about New York. You're from so you're from where you are you're you were born in DR right Dominican Republic. No, I was I was born in Washington Heights in New York. City. Then I went to back to DR, and then I uh, came back and lived in the Bronx from about ten to eighteen. Okay, so you're you're a New Yorker. Yeah. So let me ask you. So I got on him about people from Philly. I'm gonna ask you, but what's going on with your homeboy in Congress from New York City, Mr. Bowman? This fool right here. New York rep Jamal Bowman pulls fire alarm in house office building, but says it was an accident. Wait, he mistook it for the voting machine, right? But, not the voting machine. So this fool says, he says he's going down to the floor to vote, and he says there, the door wasn't opening. And he says that he mistook the fire alarm for the green button to push the door to get the door open, bro. Maybe he was on the hospice opiates, too. He might have been, bro. He had to be on something. I'm like, there is no way that this dude mistakenly pulled the fire alarm. I tell, granted, I am not that. I'm not a very smart man, but I I know a fire alarm when I see one. Hey, if I ever have a kid and he goes to the principal's office, I'm going to tell him to tell the principal that if he pulls the fire alarm, he's get right out of trouble. <laughs> I want to be here when that happens. I swear to God. I want to be here when that happens. But, man, but man, it just drives me nuts. Like, And I, I tell people, when you look at the people leading our country, this is it. This is the guy. Look at this guy right here, bro. Like, he looks like a uh, black bubbles from the trailer park boys, man. <laughs> this is the guy, but like you're, you're a congressman. You, you should think that there should be some sort of intelligence test to get into Congress. Like I said, you got Diane Feinstein going down to the floor floor to cast a vote while she's in hospice. Then you got this guy who doesn't know the difference between a green button, to open a door and a fire alarm. Hey, maybe he's colorblind. Well, with them glasses, he might be my guy, but this, yeah. but even even then, if you got to pull the white thing, it, that's an effort, man. It takes a lot of effort to pull a freaking fire alarm. And this guy, so now he's under investigation, and he made one comment that really pissed me off when they started asking him about the uh Republicans and what they're saying to him. He's like, Well, this is just what they do, and I'm like, Bro, like you, there's no defense this dude has to defend himself and say, Well, get well, I. Pull the fire alarm on accident. You don't. Hey, I'm gonna play lawyer real quick. I'm gonna ask you a question. Okay, go for it. Have you ever been leaving a building? You walked to the door, and the door said "pull on it," and you pushed it. Yes. Not even close. This no. man's innocent. <laughs> not even. Not... <laughs> You're a horrible ass lawyer, still. <laughs> horrible lawyer. <laughs> I see red means fire. Red means stop. Green Col means colorblind. No, he's not colorblind. Definitely. If he was colorblind, he would have admitted that. During these initial interviews, hey, it's not about what you know; it's about what you can prove. Damn, yeah, you really, you really should this be. Got about to get a job you, over there, hey, as a lawyer. Hey, hey, you are, you really are from Philly, you scumbag. <laughs> <laughs> you would think he want to push the green button because it's Philly; it's green for Eagles, bro. But it's <laughs> a long city. <laughs> he's, a, hey, I, I guarantee, he's a New York Giants fan. Guarantee, he's a Giants fan. Hey, well, we, yeah, we got the red. We got the white red. <laughs> But yeah, but man, but, and I was sitting there looking at this article the other day, but, and I always I've told you all before, like I have zero desire 
to go into politics. There's nothing in me that makes me want to. And everybody tells me all the time, bro, you really should go into politics, bro. Like you need to run for president or something. I got my homegirl, Laura. She's always like, you know, pitch 2024, pitch for president. Honestly, I appreciate that. But my issue is I don't want to be associated with people of this caliber. I just don't. Are there some good people in you know, Congress and the Senate? I'm sure there are. I just haven't uncovered them yet. I don't trust not a one of them. I think they're all snakes. I think they're all slimy. And I feel like if I, what's the old saying? You wrote, you lay down with dogs, you're going to get fleas. But so for me, like I was really thinking and considering, like, man, maybe I should do a run in politics. Start local, start small, and try to get involved. But I'm just thinking, man, it's such a swamp, dude. And I, I don't really, I don't know if somebody who is as dedicated and not going to say clean, but as honest and with integrity like myself would truly be able to affect change in office be because I feel like there's they have such a hold on the power in in the offices man it's I just don't feel like I, nobody can get anything yeah done. but if no one ever tries them what hope do we have that the United States collapses and we start from ground zero and then men prior service men like myself would go and put I'm, this bitch back together I'm gonna quote D'Anthony Holloway twice so that means the shit that you have becomes my shit if the United States collapses. I mean, absolutely. And I would be okay with that. I would be okay with that, man, because all the people that need to go would be gone. The other thing he says is a quote he quotes, but I don't forget who the actual quote is from. He says all the time is, rarely do people who want power deserve it, and rarely do people who deserve power have it, or something like that. You and that, that's the absolute case. I mean, you see that with people in the military, bro, or you know where you work at. But people that have never had anything or never had any influence, when they get it, they abuse it because they feel like that's their only thing they have to hold on to in life, man. And for me, it's like bro, I've been here, done this, and like I don't, I don't really want to do that job. But at the same time, it's just like at a certain point, something's gonna have to be done with this country. Something's gonna have to change, bro. And I just don't know, really know what it is or what the solution is. Yeah, I, so if it goes to the point where shit hits the fan and it becomes like burn it down and start it over again, if people that want the power take it again, it's gonna be the same story. People are gonna have to do the jobs that don't want to do it because those are the people who should be doing it. Absolutely, but but even then, but humans suck. We gotta we oh, we have to terrible. admit that. Maybe we should have dogs around the country. Oh man, speaking of dog rigs. Riggs, hey, Riggs be hey, next president. Hey, Riggs, hey. twenty twenty four. Yeah, for sure. Big Riggs, my big Negro. Riggs, up up. Good boy. Riggs, say hello to your fans. What do you say for twenty twenty four run for president? Look at this. He's already got his tie on. <laughs> and it's red for Republican. <laughs> so for me, it's just like I'm just I'm I guess I'm just completely disillusioned. With everything, the way the country's being run, I mean, like you've got old people on freaking hospice voting. You got congressmen with no shame, like my last episode, honor and shame, no shame, pulling a fire alarm to stop a vote. And it's just it just constantly blows my mind. And y'all know me. I don't like politics, but politics is literally everywhere we are. And it is absolutely destroying this country. And I just want people to set aside politics and honestly just say, what's good? For the betterment of the American people, but, but that's the problem with our political system. Now, I, mean, I tell people, yeah, we're you know we're a, you know, a, a republic and you know democratic republic and all this, babe, but there's just no form of government that's ever going to scale to me to where everyone's going to be taken care of and people are going to do the right thing because 
just people suck overall in general, bro. Yeah, there's no there's no perfect system, and then we there's never there's no way we can just trust people. There's always gonna be bad apples, you know. I mean, even when the country was starting, you know, there was dissension amongst the people, you know, trying to bring you know America to the table, man. And just it's that's always gonna be the story, babe. But and I tell y'all all the time, I I talk a lot about about the prop. I talk a lot about the problems that we have in America, but it's so hard to sometimes find solutions. So for me, I tell people the best thing you can do. I can't control what Diane Feinstein is going to vote on. I can't control what the president's going to do. I can't control what this idiot Bowman is going to do pulling a fire alarm. But what I can do is take the time to be good to the people around me and show people that I care. I mean, to con continue to be a cop in this day and age when it is not sexy to do this job, just like you all continue to do your jobs and honor, you know, regardless of everything that's going on that's out of your control but to continue to serve man but i feel like that's literally all we can do but it, like we can't control these people like i said no, short of a violent revolution which i am not co-signing on whatsoever but there's literally really no way to change the system and so i feel like the best way to counter the system is it's not what's important that ha what happens in the white house it's what's important that happens in your own individual house but, because everything in this country is, I believe, it starts from the grassroots, man. And that's the only way that we're going to make this thing change, dude. But as I say, America, we've lost our identity as a country. And it, I mean, we used to be about family. And now it's all about me. Yeah. What can I get? You know, what can I have? It, I, I really, I, I mentioned in my book, I really believe in JFK's ask not what your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country. For me, that's like, I live my life by that. And I love America, but I'm, to the point where I'm like, how much more am I going to have to continue to keep sacrificing? You know, and that, there's a quote that Dan Holloway said, and I heard somebody else say, it says, you have to be willing to plant trees now that you're not going to be able to enjoy the shade of in the future. But, and so I kind of feel like that's where I'm at in my life now. I'm trying to, you know, plant good seeds and build good foundations for my kids and just the people around me, man, to just kind of show that, man, they're still good in this country, but don't look to the government for good, bro. And definitely don't look to the United States, the justice system in America for justice because you are, you are not going to find it. And then this last story. So if y'all want to hang out, you can. I'm about to roll into this last story. So speaking of the justice system, as you all know, 2020 was probably the most tumultuous year for anybody in law enforcement in America. You all know because I was with y'all in the, the, tech, the, the, the group chat we got. Anytime something happened, like I would be, hey man, David, what group chat? That's true. What group? Yeah, there's no group chat that exists. Absolutely, hundred percent. That group chat does not exist. I'm drinking. I'm drunk. Hey, I don't know what I'm saying. Yeah, so much for being a politician, buddy. <laughs> oh, that's exactly the reason why I should be a politician. The FBI already knew it's not gonna be a secret. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, my FBI agent does not approve of my group chat. But, but, but when we, in 2020 we would get ready to go out, and I would send the Miranda text while yo, Jessica, hey, I love y'all, man. And I would just drop a random text and just disappear. And like, what happened? I'm like, oh, I thought we were all about to die. But, you know, 2020 was such a, con a conundrum, just a horrible time in this profession. And if you all focused on 2020 and Louisville, what happened with Breonna Taylor, everybody knows that there was one key figure around this entire thing in Louisville that sparked these riots that literally changed the profession, the country, and changed my life and my career. And it's this man here, Jamarcus Glover. So I'm going to go ahead and pull it up on the screen. So I'm going to preface you all how this happened to me the other day. So 
I had been off of work for a couple of days, enjoying my time off and my weekend. I come into work and I see a ton of cars in front of the police station. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? And at me, I'm going into work. It's a slow day. I'm like, man, this today's going to be chill. We ain't doing no foolishness. And my sergeant says, guess who we got here? I'm like, oh, God, who we got here? Jamarcus Glover. I was like, are you kidding me? Jamarcus Glover. So if you all don't know the name Jamarcus Glover, Google it. But Jamarcus Glover was Breonna Taylor's ex-boyfriend. He was one of the center key figures for the whole incident with Breonna Taylor. He was the he's a big time drug dealer. A big time drug. I'm not going to go with the allegedly because we know he was. And this current re, this recent arrest that he was arrested on a couple about about a week ago just goes to prove that the big time drug. Everybody knows it, man. We have the transcripts. There's so much stuff to prove that this dude was slinging dope. So I go into the police station and I start getting the story of what happened. So I guess our police department, my police department, decided to serve this warrant because from what I was told, the Louisville Metro Police Department, where I used to work, did not want to take lead on this case because of who it was and who it involved. So apparently my department decided to take the front seat and lead the charge on serving this this warrant. And the first thing I thought in my mind was, I'm so glad I don't work for the Louisville Metro Police Department no more because what kind of police department is afraid to hold a criminal accountable and do their damn job? Now, if somebody from Louisville Metro is listening, you have any other information that I'm missing out on. But what I was told was that the LMPD was afraid to take the lead and did not want to take the lead because of all the possible backlash or because of who was involved. But in my mind, I'm like, we're the police, damn it. If we're going to be the police, let's be the police. If we got charges, damn it, and we got a, a legal warrant, damn it, then go serve it. Do your job. The hell with what everybody, the country thinks. The hell with the local politicians think. The hell with the local activists think. Do your job. But, and lo and behold, so they go, they serve this warrant. And I said, I'm not involved in the warrant in any sort of way. I don't have anything to do with the investigation. I'm just a lowly beat cop. And so I ended up having to transport some people down to the jail that were arrested during the there was no warrant but, but so i learned the next day that oh this they gave jamarcus glover a bond a i believe it was twenty thousand dollars and so people don't know that jamarcus glover was not supposed to really be here after his uh last charges he was on probation he's supposed to be in mississippi but, but somehow they worked out some sort of deal and he's still here and apparently he had eight years shelf time where so in kentucky if Say you rob a store since you're from Philly. <laughs> you get you rob a store, you get Bucks caught. County. Bucks County. Same thing, but different. <laughs> so say Stewart robs a store in Philly in Louisville. He gets arrested on a felony. The prosecutor will say, Hey, we're gonna give you eight years shelf time, saying we're gonna give you eight years over your head if you commit another crime, another felony. We're gonna put you in jail for eight years. So apparently Jamarcus Glover had time on the shelf for selling cocaine from his last case well so he gets arrested they give him a twenty thousand dollar bond but they say there's a story that came out this morning that was saying that apparently the judge didn't get the chance to set the bond so somebody so and i'm like this that I don't, that makes no sense to me didn't get a chance to set the bond so it was just automatic twenty thousand this dude is a baller and has bank He's been selling drugs big time drugs for years so when i get off the plane here in arizona the other day my phone starts blowing up. Hey, bro, did you see? I'm like, what? Jamarcus Glover didn't show up for his court date. He's gone. Now there's an active warrant for this dude's arrest. And I'm just sitting here like, 
who the hell did not see this coming, bro? Like, this is my battle with the justice system in Jefferson County. Just like you all feel helpless as agents down here working on the border, bro. I feel helpless as an officer where it's like we got the guy on a warrant and the justice system has failed the people yet again. I mean, how do you not put a higher bond on a guy who was a known the flight risk? I mean, he's got money. No, it's proven got bodies on him. It's selling major dope. And they just decide, oh, we're just going to, you know, $20,000 bond. Now this dude's in the wind gone. Poof, finito, gone. And everybody I worked with, all the officers I know, everybody's like, well, well, damn, duh, who didn't expect that? But you would think that the justice system would be like, oh, maybe we should put a, you know, a higher bond on this guy so he can't get out. Or not, how about just not grant him one? Bring him in. No, you're going to stay in jail because of your history. Dude, and I just tell myself, I'm like, is it me? Am I dumb? Or is this just something I'm not figuring out or missing, bro? I just, I don't, I don't get it, man. It just, it just pisses me off the lack of, in, of the lack of justice. I mean, this man literally changed the scope of policing in America. I mean, he changed the scope of policing in Louisville, bro. I had some of the worst days and times of my life in a police uniform because of this dude's personal choices that bled over to my profession. Literally all his fault. All his fault, but literally all his fault, dog. And I'm like, but I'm just like, man, we just continue to let this happen. And I'm just like, I don't know what to do. And I would tell people, vote for different, but they'll vote different. But is voting voting different really going to change anything? Hey, the sad part is, you know what? Like, were you surprised to hear that he was gone? Not, not one on him? bit. That's the sad part. My thing was, I was just, I knew it was coming. I was just wondering when it was going to happen. It's like, of course, of course he's gone. And they didn't. They didn't hold him. But the thing is, he's only got so far to run. But the thing is, they'll find him and bring him back, and they'll strike another deal. He might come to Mexico. Who knows? I would know. I, I, you know what? As a black man, I would sell him, go to Mexico before North Korea. Hey. Absolutely. Don't worry. I'll, I'll make sure his fingerprints are good. <laughs> How much are you going to have to pay for that? <laughs> My fingerprints are on point, buddy. I do not miss rolling fingerprints. I'll tell you that much, bro. I don't miss anything about what y'all do, <laughs> man. But uh, it's definitely, you know, it's definitely good to be back out West, man. And you know, we're rolling up on an hour and 18 minutes for the show, man. We're going to get ready to land this plane and bring it in. Sorry for the technical difficulties. Like I said, I don't know what happened to a couple of the articles. I'll take fall for that. That's, I, I couldn't afford the good internet. Uh, bro, I, I don't believe that. I know you got money. I know I know your GS level, bro. No, no, good, sir. <laughs> no mamas. You had a great day. <laughs> no mamas. That dude eats as much as he does. <laughs> oh, wow. 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 Man, but, but, uh, dude, this has been uh, freaking phenomenal. And I uh, just want to say, man, thank you all for tuning in to the podcast again. Man, this has been, like I said, super fun. I've really been enjoying myself the last few days. To my wife and kids, I love y'all. Miss y'all. Hey, I'll be home in a couple days. Christina, EJ, Brookie. Hey, miss you guys. I do miss y'all, but let's just know daddy is enjoying his time away. I'm having a very, very good time. <laughs> so, man, it's been a, uh, man, this is what, day three of me being here? And I got one more day tomorrow. So I'm going to go get a rental car, drive around Arizona, go see some people that I haven't seen in a long time. And there's a rumor going back in Louisville. All my homeboys in the PD are like, hey, rumor is, Pitts is moving back to Arizona and going back to the Border Patrol. Fact. 100% <laughs> fact. Definitely not happening. But I always tell people, I'm like, man, I really think if I would have went to a different Border Patrol station, might have been different. Who knows? But 
I, I just see how miserable y'all are. And I'm just like, man, I'm glad I'm doing what I'm doing where I'm doing it. <laughs> hey, misery loves company. It does. That's why I'm here. Because I knew you I knew you was lonely. I knew you was lonely. Nothing I love more than just sitting with Stu, drinking and complaining about our jobs. And that's what makes you a real American. Just kidding. We're super happy. <laughs> Not as happy as I am. I don't think I'm still, hey, I ain't gonna, I'm still really sad about my damn cowboy hat, bro. I am still. Yeah, I got two now if you need one for that bad. I mean, man, but, I'm t- but hey, on the plus side, like I told people, the first thing that came to my mind when I realized I lost that cowboy hat, I was really pissed off. Then I thought to myself, at least I'm not poor. And the $90 hat's not going to break me. And if you are poor out there listening, I'm not taking a stab at you. I'm just saying, I know. Wow, just, just brag about your privilege over here. <laughs> hey, I've earned this privilege, bro. I've earned this privilege. <laughs> I've earned the right to blow $90 on a hat and just lose it and be like, ah, it'll be okay. But I tell you, I, I felt the sting from that damn garage door, though. That two grand. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely felt the sting of that one. But you won't even have tailgate down anymore. Tailgate up, yes. It was yeah. uh, nothing stings more than the, the sting of our own stupidity. So yeah. And you no, know, no, make that sting even worse when your son calls you out. Because like I said, I call him out all the time. Like, hey man, you gotta pay attention to what you're doing, boy. And the, as soon as he saw I messed up, he was like, Pay attention to what you're doing, Dad. <laughs> that never happened to me. Yeah. You hey okay. Yeah, yeah. sure. We know Maya got you wrapped, dog. <laughs> I don't blame her. She's adorable, by the way. Absolutely adorable. This other guy here got me wrapped. My boy Riggs. Riggs for president 2024. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to go ahead and get ready to wrap this up because it's been it's been a fun time, but time to go back to partying, drinking. And I think we're going to, what, Frankie's? Frankie's, yes. So, uh, Frankie's is the only place to get a decent cheesesteak in, in Tucson. Shout out to Frankie's. <laughs> A Philly cheesesteak in Tucson. I'm like, probably going to get Rob going there if it's a Philly related thing. Yeah, if you want to sponsor this podcast or me or my wife or anything I do in my life, <laughs> this, guy, this guy. But man, hey, thank you all for tuning into the show. As you all know, the book is available. I am Pitts. I've been in uh, Arizona passing out cards. Met a guy last night named, uh, I think his name was Jeremy, the Phoenix PD guy I met at the concert. If you're listening and tuning in, hey, it was nice to meet you, man. Hope you tune into the podcast. Do yourself a favor. Tell your friends about the show. Everybody, tell everybody you know. Be sure to go to Apple, leave a review if you can. Spotify, give me some stars. And if you have read the book, I Am Pitt's Memoirs of an American Patriot, and you bought it on Amazon, please do me a favor. Go and leave me a review and leave me some stars. That really helps. Five stars. Certified banger. Certified banger. That's right, baby. And also, the audio book is available. And also, if you're not following me on Instagram, please follow me on Instagram at I Am Pitt's one the number one on instagram that's where i do all of my contact that's where i meet people man and like i said the whole beauty of me being doing this podcast thing is that i get to try to be a voice of reason for people that feel like they don't have a voice i tell people this isn't about the money then this is literally about this is just a hobby this is fun i love doing this i love meeting it so my fellow law enforcement officers or people that support law enforcement definitely tune into the show and tell your friends about it and thank you all as always for tuning into the show, man. It still continues to amaze me that every time I do a show and I look at it, there's like three, 400 downloads and I'm just like, I feel like I'm not making a difference or really doing anything with the show, but you all continue to show that I am worthy of your time and I appreciate that. And I want to let you all know that I do not take that for granted. I do not, man. So each and every download is precious to me and I really appreciate you all. So that's why I continue to do the show because like, you know, you all, the law enforcement community matters to me. America matters to me. 
and everything that's going on, really, it's it's always on my mind and it matters to me. And I want to be a good representation of the badge, what it means to be a police officer, what it means to be an American, but also what it means to just be a good person in general. So that is the I Am Pitch show for this one. It's good to be back in AZ. Like I said, it's been fun, but we're getting ready to go party. So, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the I Am Pitch podcast. I appreciate, appreciate you all for tuning in. And I will see you all on the next one. All right. Y'all take it easy, ladies.